Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Mission 300 podcast. It is 2021, the first episode of this year. And I know every single one of you has just been dying, waiting for this episode to come out. It's been weeks since you've heard of us, but don't worry, we are here and we're not alone. So Brian is with me as always. I'm Jason and we are joined today by Tommy Sotzer, who you're going to be hearing from in a little bit. So stick around for that. But what we wanted to do is establish this podcast and the point of it. We really want to highlight the importance of mentorship and not mentorship as just a concept or something you can read and study about, but as something that you're actively involved in and seeing the effects of in your life and how that leads to knowing the father, because really that's what we've built mission 300 on is that concept along with the four pillars of identity, strength, courage, and influence. And we've talked about that quite a bit, but we're going to be focusing on those things and highlighting that today we want to talk about the loss of courage and what happens in a society, in a world when that's taking place. I'm going to take us back to the year 1944. It's December 22nd and it's taking place in a small town of Bastogne in Europe. And here's a letter that was received by General McAuliffe by the German forces that were surrounding the town. To the USA commander of the encircled town of Bastogne, the fortune of war is changing. This time, the USA forces in and near Bastogne have been encircled by strong German armored units. More German armored units have crossed the river, have taken Marsh, and reached St. Hubert by passing through Hombre, Cibre, Tillet. Libremont is in German hands. There is only one possibility to save the encircled USA troops from total annihilation. That is the honorable surrender of the encircled town. In order to think it over for a term of two hours will be granted, beginning with the presentation of this note. If this proposal should be rejected, the German artillery corps and six heavy AA battalions are ready to annihilate the USA troops in and near Bastogne. The order for firing will be given immediately after this two-hour term. All the serious civilian losses caused by this artillery fire would not correspond with the well-known American humanity. Signed, the German commander. To the response of this, General McAuliffe, when he read it, made one simple comment, nuts. Now, he didn't know how to respond and write the letter back, but what was given back was helped by his assistant, and he said, just put that in the letter nuts. And he sent it back to the general. Now, I think it's interesting the courage that took place there to pull out this comment. And his first response was not what he was going to write, but his first response that came to his mind was nuts. We're not doing that. Let me now read what he wrote in the message to his men on Christmas Day, 1944. What's merry about all this, you ask? We're fighting. It's cold. We aren't home. All true, but what has the proud Eagle Division accomplished with its worthy comrades of the 10th Armored Division, the 705th Tank Destroyer Battalion, and all the rest? Just this. We've stopped cold everything that has been thrown at us from the north, east, south, and west. We have identifications from four German Panzer Divisions, two German Infantry Divisions, and one German Parachute Division. These units spearheading the last desperate German lunge were heading straight west for key points when the Eagle Division was hurriedly ordered to stem the advance. How effectively was this done? 
will be written in history, not alone in our division's glorious history, but in world history. The Germans actually did surround us. Their radios blared our doom. Allied troops are countering, attacking in force. We continue to hold Bastogne. By holding Bastogne, we assure the success of Allied armies. We know that our division commander, General Taylor, will say, well done. We are giving our country and our loved ones at home a worthy Christmas present and being privileged to take part in this gallant feat of arms are truly making for ourselves a Merry Christmas. That is what he wrote to his men. That is what they did. This is an act of courage where you take a stand when everything is against you. And that courage bred courage. So when we were when we were talking about reading that letter and talking about this story, I was thinking it's one thing to have a historical lesson, which we've all sat through history and we've all learned a bunch of things and facts and information and then checked it off at the end of the quiz, the end of the semester. And then a week later, maybe you don't even remember it. It certainly hasn't impacted your life at all. But we chose this one specifically because it, it brought up another another quote that's moderately famous about courage from Winston Churchill. He says, without courage, all other virtues lose their meaning. And you think about that for a minute, because we'll look at courage as something that is historically important, sure, but we're never going to need it to that degree. Like if we're honest with ourselves, how many people listening to this episode think you're going to face something to the degree that those men, those soldiers, that general did and you're going to need that kind of courage. We've created a world where you don't need that kind of courage anymore. But then what happens when that's no longer a part of your culture or your personal ID? What happens when that's gone? When, when you've created a world that's so void of the need to be courageous that when something does come up, you don't know where to start. And I think that's what's important going forward in this podcast is um, I'm excited that we've put together a different kind of team. Uh, Jason, we've been together for, I don't know, 10 years now, almost 11 Something years like that. of working together, growing together, walking through these principles. You are a big asset in how we grow and create programming for the guys in our, that work within our program and the mentorship side. And it's really exciting having Tommy on. Uh, so Tommy has, we've been connected, I think almost about the same amount of time, maybe nine years. And so Tommy was, um, I started coaching his high school team. Uh, he was eighth grade at the time. And by ninth grade, he became our, our chaplain of our team. And it wasn't a chaplain. I, I didn't know him super well at that point, but you just saw in him, there was this core of courage and, um, he had a way of bringing God into the, the, the team and that factor. So we made him a uh, chaplain and it wasn't, I think the next year he became the youngest captain of our team and captain for three years. Um, our varsity team, our high school varsity team starting as a, a freshman. And so this is really kind of a blessing to me because all three of us have worked together. We've seen different levels. All of you have been to Thailand with me. You've seen our programs. And we're all at different age levels. So I'm the old guy. And then we got uh, Jason, young family, um, pastoring. And we got Tommy in college. 
stepping into new realms and we have all three different levels of age groups, different ways of looking at things. And yet we all share this one core idea is we want to know God as a father. And then we've also seen these principles that we talked about, not only being in action, but working in us and working at the different levels of our life. So I'm excited where we're going to go one in the future of our podcast, but two, to bring perspective and to, uh, look at some of these ideas from different lenses as we go forward. So Tommy, um, we're going to throw you on the spot since you're excited about that. And, uh, we're going to get you a new microphone too. So you don't sound like you're swimming. So let's just imagine he's out in the ocean swimming and he's going to be communicating this, but I'm going to ask you the first question. Cause there's three main points that I want to get to with this podcast. One is the criticalness of courage, why we need it. Two, what happens when it breaks in you? And then three, how do we develop it? So maybe from your perspective of life and decisions you've had to make in transitioning from high school, going into college, making those things, what was the importance of courage for you? And maybe an example of something you know you had to courageously face in order to move forward and the positive effects of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, hey guys, I'm Tommy, I'm a new member here, but um, I've listened and I've been a part of Mission 300 for a long time. Um, but one thing, um, as you were talking, that, that kind of reminded me of is um, the day that you had called me and talked to me about being a chaplain for the MCA uh, team, the soccer team. That was a moment in my life, I think, where courage really had to take hold and that it was really important for me to be courageous um, because I was pretty young on the team and we were full of a lot of older people. Um, the courage to say yes to that position um, was really needed. And I think I didn't say yes because I was courageous or because I knew it was all that or, but I knew that you believed in me. And so that gave me the opportunity to step forward and actually like kind of walk into that. So I think you asking me and just knowing that you had confidence in me and um, our conversation over the phone and then our conversations throughout the season, that really helped. So. Mm. That's a powerful point of you, you making that distinction of courage and it can be applied to everything. But when someone sees you that maybe you respect or someone who has a position of authority, um, uh, especially when it's God that actually believes in you and has confidence when you may not see that in yourself. I, I think that is a, uh, one, a really powerful point. So what happens though, in, when it comes to courage and Jason, feel free to hit, hop in on this. We know we have a skill or we know <clears throat> in our heart, we should do something and we don't step into it. What, or let me rephrase that. What happens when we, we know that and we courageously step forward into that arena? What usually changes in that arena? What, what usually is the fruit of being courageous in an environment or in a decision? I mean, I think one of the things, at least from my experience, when you actually do step into an arena like that, you realize something in yourself that's, that's strong that you maybe didn't know was there before, or you were capable of something that maybe you were hoped you were before, but you weren't sure of, like you had something 
on your heart or something in your mind that you would like to do, or really more so someone you would like to be, but you weren't sure of it. And there's no way to be sure unless you actually take that step. But there's, there's so many, there's so many voices and influences that go back and forth. And so at the end of the day, you have to take that step to actually see that in yourself. You can't see it without that step. Like I think a lot of times we want to see ourselves as the courageous person before we do anything courageous. And there's, there's probably, there's a context to that, but I think on at least some level, you can't fully see who you are until you take a step like that. Hmm. You definitely can't be seen by other people until you take a step like that, because before there's an action, it's all internal. So at best you have an internal struggle that you're exercising courage in or growing in courage in, but it's not going to have any influence on anyone around you until there's an action taken. Yeah, I would agree too. Um, kind of going back to the example I had mentioned earlier, like my grandma had always taught me that I was a leader and she would always say, Oh, you're a leader, you're a leader. Um, but like whenever taking a step to be a leader you never really become that and I think I, I agree 100% with what you're saying Jason is like that you need to be able to take a step and that you may not um, feel that immediately but that's how courage comes is like through taking that first step and taking that first action so in in the in the fruit of this these these are some things that are super critical but most people today um, in our world, it's not so much the people knowing they have the ability to do something or even, even the authority to do something. It's all the outside pressures to do that thing. Like how many times would you have an idea and you would share it with a friend, but when you had to bring that idea into an environment that may be counter to that idea, now that's when courage starts taking place. And I think I think sometimes um, I, I just want to make a distinction here. There's this confidence. There's this belief um, that you shared. But when you, some people don't know, it'd probably been easier at a public school for you to become chaplain, to be quite honest with you, because you already know what you're opposed. But to be it in a Christian school actually has a whole different context because um, growing up in one, being in one, knowing the guys that you're dealing with, they don't even, they don't really want to hear it and they have a different flow but to be able to bring perspective and to keep marching that out which is what ended up making you the captain of the team the year the next year going uh forward to the rest but in our current world what are the things that are shaping us from being courageous because let me just throw go back to that story of McAuliffe. here's his response and, and think about what that response did to the hearts of his men. And then also think about this is when Patton did a miraculous thing because they needed tanks and another army because they could not hold very long, even with that decision. Just they didn't have enough fuel. They didn't have enough food. They didn't have enough ammunition. There's only so long that they can hold that point. But Patton made this comment. He said, any general that will reply nuts to a surrender, will have my full support in three days. And he did something no other army could do in that short of time as he turned a whole army 
that came up to help bring relief into Bastogne. It bred something more. And I think we, we miss that. We think it's all about us when it comes to courage, like me being brave to go sing on the stage or me being brave to go do something. It really isn't that. It, it's something much deeper that actually you don't even think about yourself. You actually have to get beyond yourself in order to be courageous because you know it's going to affect a much bigger place. So why, Tommy, you're, you're around Jason, the groups that you're in, the groups that I'm in. Why do you think it's so hard to do that true heart courage act in our world today? I think in a lot of areas of life, we've, we've created our world to where we don't need courage, like I mentioned before. And I was really thinking about this a lot the last few weeks um, because my wife and I were about to have our fourth child pretty soon here coming up. And it sparked a lot of conversations with people when, you know, a lot, a lot of people didn't know she was pregnant this year because, you know, lockdowns and everything. So 90% of our circle haven't seen my wife for months and months, but it, it brings up interesting conversations um, because of how our world is right now. So whether it's COVID stuff, government lockdown stuff, election stuff, all of this chaos and people are, are just frazzled by things that are going on. And so the idea of bringing another kid into the world to a lot of uh, like my coworkers, it's, you know, I, I don't know if I would want to have a kid right now because of how the world is. Or, you know, when you do, what's, what's the hospital going to do as far as allowing people to see, is the kid going to have to be quarantined or you guys got, and all this, all this stuff comes up and it just makes this, the, the majority of people that I talk to about it would rather not do anything. So they would legitimately rather just not have a kid right now, or they would legitimately rather just have to abide by whatever rules they go to at the hospital. And so that's been one of the big conversations is, well, what if the hospital makes you do this or this or this? Are you going to let that happen if you don't agree with it? And so I guess the whole point there is we've never had to ask ourselves these questions before. Like I've had three kids and no one's ever worried about it. No one's ever worried about, well, what's lockdown or COVID procedure is going to look like in the hospital? What, you know, is, are we going to be, have a country full of hate and violence when your kid's growing up? No one's ever asked me those questions before because we've never seen our world as a dangerous thing where we need courageous people to step up. But now all of a sudden there's things hitting the fan and now we're having these conversations. And so I feel like it's been, We've had a world for a long time where we've not needed to be courageous because everything's been taken care of for us. Tommy, from your perspective, being in college and navigating this, and Jason's kind of in the, the middle of his development of his family and his future, and um, I'm more at a far, much farther along in that journey. And But Tommy, you're just getting ready to step into this. What does the world look like for you? I mean... Let's just remove even the deep dynamics that are div divisive right now. Let's just look at the realities of college and that decision and where do I go and how do I work and, and how do I keep my core convictions and my belief and that courageous in intentionality in everything I do, but still navigate a world that's really out of your control. Yeah, I... I agree. I think that since a young, young age, it's been, I've never really had to make tough decisions. A lot of decisions were made for me and my family. Um, 
However, my parents still kind of, they had a tight but also loose leash on me in the fact that they let me do things um, to just try them and experience them. And I think that's a lot of what people are missing is that um, either parents are very tight and don't let their kids experience things that would hurt them or that, you know, might not be seem like the right path to go. Um, especially like, I think my senior year of high school is a pretty, pretty important year in my life. And the fact that it took courage um, for whatever decision I was going to make to go to college um, to take a gap year to work or, you know, what, what, what are we going to do? And with the expectation of like, go to high school, go to college, get a nice job, you know, go through that kind of walk of life, you kind of just lose the aspect of like making a decision and standing for something important. So I think just making a decision to go to college and where to go to college and all that stuff, it all requires courage, but it's just a, it's, it's been made so hard because we're not taught how to make a decision like that at a young age. So I think that's something that has helped me is that my parents kind of let me, let me out of the, out of their home per se pretty early on, which helped, but it's still, it's still a really hard thing. And it's something that I think, especially kids my age, we need to learn how to do. And I think that kind of comes down to like school, like think schools should start teaching decision making and how to make a stand for something you believe in when it may seem like everyone else is going against the grain or going a different way so let me let me let me push it back just a little bit uh to bring it more real the fact is they won't so what do we do I, like what would you um a lot of the principles you walked in you got to know who you are you had people believe in you you're your family let you test things out. You you went and pushed yourself. In fact, you stayed out. Interesting enough, you were given freedom and confidence, and you stayed more out of trouble than those that were actually obeyed the rules completely. And the moment the rules were gone, they were chaotic. You never were like that. You you've always, I've known you since eighth grade. You've always just been a pillar of stability all the way through, a normal guy, not weird captains of teams you, you were well liked in your school wasn't it, there wasn't something like you weren't the the nerdy outsider person nothing wrong with being a nerdy outsider person that can give you a great strength too i'm just saying as far as how people would view that you you could be in the in and you could be in the out but you never let any of that move and i think part of it's because you were developed that way but you're looking around your peers that weren't developed that way how do you begin helping them now how do how do you begin inspiring them into making some of the tough decisions because that's really at the heart of courage it's that tough decision so just think about that general he had to make a decision am i going to surrender or am i not going to it was unwavering because something was built into him all the all that whole time but now we're dealing with a generation the opposite is cave conform uh do do whatever makes the group happy that that's the normal so how do you get someone to start learning how to do that what would be something that you would recommend that would start bringing them to that place 
That's a pretty good question. I think um, a lot of it has to do with, I would think, just leading from example. And, like, in order to, like, kind of create courage in others, you have to show them that they can do it. And I think that means you have to live a life of courage as well. Um, you can't really tell someone else to go do something that would require courage if you're living a life of just listening to what everyone else tells you to do or, you know, not making decisions or just having decisions like handed over to you. So I think just being a living example of that is the only way that you can really show others how to be courageous. I was, I was thinking about this too. And I think there's a lot of people and maybe even some people listening to the, to this episode, a lot of people that genuinely don't see the need for courage. Like I've had those conversations the last few weeks with people where it's like, I, there's, there's not really any reason for me to, you know, what am I going to face in life where I need to stand and take a stand for something that I believe like life is pretty okay. Like there's, there's people, there's people in authority, there's experts that tell me like all the new stuff that I need to know as far as health and safety and all these things. And so I, there's not something that I need to step out and courage in. Or if you, if people agree with the concept of that, like, yeah, we need courage, but then there's no area of life that they can point out where they need to actually use it. There's always a reason that, well, in this area, no, we don't need to stand, take a stand because of X, Y, and Z. Well, in this area, no, we don't. So I think part of it is we, we genuinely don't see the need for it. But when you're a soldier surrounded by the enemy, you've got nothing left. It's, it's surrender or fight. And so you're kind of forced to make that choice then. And then you really see what people are made of. Well, and even so, even when guess, you when you make that decision to fight, you have to actually add another dimension to that decision. So now you're going to deal with in in a battle scenario, death, loss of your men, your decision being wrong, rejection. You may even win that, but you may be rejected later. You may lose everything for that decision. And it could be that we don't value anything enough besides ourselves and our own personal well-being and our own personal comforts. That be, has become so valuable in our society. We can't make a decision because it's always going to be to protect that. So we're, we, we, to step beyond that, to be willing to risk all of that, which that is the Christian heritage. And if you look at Christianity really at the core, it, it's not a philosophy. It is not a, a system. It is not a really an organization. It is a devout belief where someone has valued something so much greater than their own personal life that now they can step forward and they, they can take the act, even at the cost of everything. We just had a young man in our program and he... Uh, came and he's like i want to know god as a father and he he became a christian and his life just began radically changed and then he came to us and said i now have to go tell my mom and you got to understand culturally this is a this is a game changer like we can get along with different beliefs but the moment someone embraces a new belief it does something so let me let me read let me read this someone was making the comment of why people don't courageously act 
in what is right, what they know is right, what they know is true. They still believe the old truth because their jobs, their livelihoods, their histories, their backgrounds, their resumes depend on them believing it. Think about all those things. Those are all of our own personal stuff. And I'll tell you, back to that idea that Christianity is one of the most courageous beliefs because Jesus said, if you're not willing to even give up your own family for my sake and the gospel, you're not a part of me. And just let me clause, he's not saying abandon your family. He's saying the value to his truth, his grace, and who he is to us is so precious that if it came right down to it and you had to make a decision of the one or the other, this is the decision. Now, the good news is when you do that, it ends up positively affecting your family, but maybe not in the community around you or maybe not in that environment. So I think we've been shaped so long, and you guys said it very well on the comforts, the conditioning about my future, my goals, my, 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 right? It, it's what, what's for me. That real courage is when you step beyond that point and it's for something much bigger for their benefit. So in light of that, what are, what are, what strips courage out of people? What, what is the, what do you guys see as when you see someone kind of courageously moving forward and then they just derail? What is the thing that you see the most that the, the characteristics or the influences or those foundations that seem to get ripped out from underneath them that cause them to cave? I think it's something you just hit on there. When, when someone stops seeing themselves as a person that actively and actually influences other lives, then it's so much easier to just, to just phone it in and to just go along with the flow. Like I even go back to the example and think of a soldier, like a soldier's not a good soldier's not thinking of himself. He's thinking of his buddy next to him. And I can't give up because of what's going to happen to him, or I can't stop fighting because of what's going to happen to the rest of my crew. And, and just going through a couple of examples of, of friends and associates that I've seen that were, that were leaders and that were, you know, taking charge in life and, and being influential, it really started to derail for them when they, when it was, when it was only about them now. So now it's not about the legacy I'm leaving behind for my family and my kids. It's not about the people I'm influencing through my ministry or through my job. It's just, it's just about me now. It's just about my insecurities and I, you know, what I'm getting out of this interaction. And then it just, the trickle effect of that starts and you see them. I, I watched them just become more passive, more timid and just phoning in life at that point, because it wasn't a, they weren't seeing the bigger picture. They weren't seeing the strength that, Oh, I'm, I have kids. I'm leaving a legacy and I'm responsible for them. I have people next to me that I need to fight for. It wasn't about that anymore. It was just me, 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 like you were saying. Tommy, what do you see in, so in, the, in when you see in college, you transitioned from high school into college, made some big, good, big, tough decisions that you've shared with me. I'm not going to share them, but you, you've made a lot of just really good decisions along those lines. But what are you seeing in the friends and the peers around you that probably have transitioned from someone that was going to be one thing and then they go off to college and now there's something different? 
Well, I guess I had more of the question of um, it seems like selfishness is kind of like the thing that causes people to lose courage. Is that kind of what you're saying, Jason? I mean, it, not always, but in a lot of areas of what I've seen, yeah. it's And it's not really obvious selfishness. It's more yeah. of it's more of a like selfishness and self-pity. It never looks like that in the moment to someone. You more feel like you're just too wounded and too hurt from the fight to keep fighting. Mm. Yeah, I would say like from my experience and people more my age, my friends who are doing well they see the bigger picture of like, what is college really preparing me to do? Um, I have a friend who's um, going through a startup um, business. He's graduating this spring. He's getting job offers. He's going through all that. But what I really see in him is that he sees the bigger picture of what is all these college classes accumulating towards. It's not just for a degree to get a job, to, get alive to them whatever um but he's really seeing how these classes and how like the everyday mundane things can help him in the long run achieve like his goal and i would say that the people who maybe aren't um seeing as much success are the ones who are just kind of going day in day out um oh, we have to do this assignment but i don't really care what it is I just turn it in try and get a decent grades so I can get out of here and start getting a job and getting on with life. Um, and I think that's what makes college difficult in a sense, I guess, is you have to realize what you're doing um, actually matters in the long run. And maybe some of it doesn't, but making it matter is what gives you the strength to push forward and actually, you know, graduate from college and then get a job and, then you kind of have to do the same thing there. I'd assume is you have to take those mundane tasks that you don't really care about, but they all affect the bigger picture. And just really seeing that big picture is what I think is really important in having courage to take a stand is like to know what you're fighting for so well that all the other voices that are saying that's not the right thing, that's wrong, that's whatever, um, they don't affect you because you can see so clearly what that big picture and what that goal is and that you can take a stand against the people who may have a negative view towards what you're trying to do. When it comes to college, do you think that is at least in part because we've made college the default of, well, everyone has to instead of, Oh, if you want to go to some place in your life or accomplish something, then maybe college can get you there. So instead of something yeah. that's intentional that you're like, oh, I want to be X, Y, or Z. So, well, college is going to get me there. It's, well, you got to go to college and then figure out what you want to do. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's something that I kind of struggled with too, is that I didn't know whether college would give me what I wanted to be. Um, but I guess in going to college, I've kind of figured out that college doesn't make me become that person who I want to be. It's my own decisions. Now college can be used as like a tool to help me get the knowledge, to help me network, help me do a bunch of other stuff. But ultimately college isn't going to make you the thing that you want to be. It's your own decisions, your own actions, 
and you know all that stuff so i think that's i think it's definitely true that you know college is kind of the next thing um but i also kind of see that changing with covid and stuff i've seen a lot of different people make a lot of decisions um that would go against the normal just go to college and even it seems easier now that it's like a lot of this stuff is online it's like you can take it for granted or whatever but I see a lot of people making decisions to go against that, which I think is really cool. And I think that that's starting to change a little bit, but I don't know. We'll see how time plays out with that too. So Tommy, I've watched you. These aren't just like little cliche words. So everybody's listening. Tommy isn't uh, one of those kids that has been around long enough to know what to say in the right environment. I've watched you do this forever. Like I've watched this whole, we've, we've had lots of conversations watching you do this process. But you, you told me that there was this time period because I, I think something's critical as we're talking about courage and we're talking about where it comes from. Uh, there's a couple things that have stood out as we're talking is number one, there has to be some principle that you're standing for. There, there is something that has to be core of what you are first that, that is kind of unmovable. It will bend, it will flex. It's not rigid, but there's something that keeps you in a direction. And then you mentioned this bigger view. There's something much bigger, and it, it's bigger than us, and it, and it's what we're moving into. But there was something that happened to you, and there's there's a a time that shaped even your relationship with God that built this confidence that there's a voice, there's a source, there's information that is higher than the things that we're living with, and we know we know this from Christianity. We're taught the Bible, the God is sovereign, and He's greater than all these things. I don't want to say that like that's not true. It is true, but we lose something because he works with people. So there's this, yes, he's all-powerful. Yes, he's all these things. Yes, he's true. But he does it in us, and he wants to do it with us. And something happened to you that really was the forging point that shaped your where you are today. And you talked about when when the perspective of who God was to you changed. Yeah, I would say... Um my perspective and my relationship with God really changed um, during my time at Maranatha in high school um, with taking more ownership in soccer and with the soccer team. And there was a point where my mom had <laughs> came up to you and was like, oh, my son wants to be a missionary. And I was like, I, I never really had talked to her about it, but I like I, she had known that I was interested in missions. And then she just took out that step and talked to you. And I was like, oh, mom, that's so embarrassing. Like, why would you talk to a coach like that? I, I, we didn't really have that deep of a relationship then. Um, but that also gave you the opportunity to reach out to me to ask if I wanted to go to Thailand. And right as you had said it, I, I knew, like, yes, that is exactly what I wanted to do. Um, however, it was, like, it was a difficult decision to make because – my parents couldn't really help uh, give me money to go to the trip. They were paying for my uh, private education and all that. But it took, I don't know what it took in me, but I just knew that like, when you know that's what you're called to do and that's what you're supposed to be doing, it kind of takes away the fear of like, what do I do? Um, and I think that really came from just like talking with you about God and a bunch of other different mentors in my life about God. And then also developing like the personal relationship 
with him by myself. And it was really hard because school is always talking about this relationship with Jesus, this relationship with God. It can kind of get mundane. It can be kind of religious and you can put on the act. You can play the, yeah, I'm the Christian guy. Yeah. But it takes a lot, I think, to live it out. And when that really came to me, it was around like eighth or ninth grade, probably again, there's a guy who came to our school. Um, he was doing some preaching, teaching, leadership. I was in student council and he had talked to us. And he said that the verse of this first John 2, 6, and it said, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. And that was a really critical point for me where it's like, okay, if I'm really going to live out my faith, I have to start walking how Jesus walked. And I would say from that point, I knew how to answer all the right questions with the Christianese kind of stuff. Um, but really hearing that verse, it made me realize like what Jesus did and how he walked on this earth is how we're called to walk on this earth. And when you look at it from like that perspective, it changes like the whole meaning of your life. Like before it was just kind of like, I'm going to school so I can get a job, so I can just kind of do whatever. There's not really a bigger purpose. But when you walk at it, when you walk out in your life, like viewing yourself as from how Jesus walked, it just changes everything. And that was, that was what really changed my perspective and how to walk in God and stuff. Where where did the the father issue the the where did the father factor come in and did that play any role in the change? Yeah, it definitely did. Um, because I had I had been around uh, Christianity like my whole life. I grew up in a Christian home. Grandparents took us to church. Parents took us to church. It was something we always did every Sunday. Went to the church. It was just kind of like the normal thing. Um, but I never really had that relationship, kind of like what I was talking about earlier. It was just kind of like the thing. It was just what my family grew up with. It was, it was nothing really there. Um, but then kind of hearing you, I guess, talk about the relationship of the father and how important the father is, um, that really took a whole different perspective on me because when I began to walk, how Jesus walked, I guess. I'm not perfect at it. I don't think anyone necessarily is going to ever be perfect at it. But when you start taking those steps, it can kind of be scary. And not knowing who you are in that makes it even worse because you're like, okay, I'm starting to take these steps, but I have no idea who I am. I don't know who I am to this world. I don't know who I am to my friends. I don't know who I am to my family. Um, but then hearing you kind of talk about how you're, you're a child of God, you're a son of God, and walking from that authority and walking from that position of power and influence that really, really changed everything in me because I finally knew who I was and who God told me I was. And that's when I really found like the strength to kind of start going out. And I, I've always been kind of curious and trying new things, but this was like trying new things on a whole different level where I don't have control over it anymore. I don't have, the ability to get $2,000 just willy-nilly to go to Thailand by myself, you know, with no family, nothing, just going out to visit you and 
really like go on like a trip where I really didn't know anything. And just knowing like my identity is in Christ and like I'm a son of his, that's what really was crucial in me being able to like go beyond what I thought I could and go beyond of like my territory. So. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. There, there's so much more to that story, but I think there's, there's a perspective that um, you've lived this out. You've, you've made this a part of you and you can see that resonate. doesn't mean that there's every phase of life you get a whole new, Oh my goodness, how do I deal with this? doesn't mean that comes, but there's this, this anchoring security. And I think that becomes important with even our pillars is it begins with knowing who you are. Then you start, then you're able to bring out like how you talked about in college and Jason, you brought these examples out and raising kids and making the decisions and pastoring and all the things you, you go through. But that, that courage element, I, I think you said it well, Tommy, is there, there's a much bigger picture for this. So yes, as an individual, God cares about you. You're unique. He values you. He tells Gideon when he says, hey, how come you're not with us? He says, well, I'm with you. Like, I think that's just very profound. Like, it's, a, it's very personal. His relationship is very personal. But who you are affects so many other things. And, and it's that transit. Courage actually is almost that stripping of, I am something, but I'm willing to let it go for something bigger. That, that really is at the heart of that courage. And you, you describe that. Jason, as you um, are kind of listening to all this, and you're walking through it because you're, as a pastor, you, you're dealing with a lot of this stuff and you're helping people encourage them along. And we've, we've lost courage in nation. I think you guys did a really good job of capsulating a lot of the issues going on. And the number one is we've just been living in an environment that is just so comfortable. I mean, if our phone doesn't flick fast enough, we're irritated. Like if you really ponder that me growing up, we didn't have a phone. Like, like I, I lived in both spectrums. You guys are in a whole different thing. Like you, go, you guys don't even know what a cassette tape is. I mean, you, you, this is how much it's, well, you know what no, it is. No, we know what they are. We yes. just don't need them. You've seen pictures of them. Um, <laughs> we, we had, like, I walked through all this transition of technology and the current world. You guys are living it and you're seeing something else accelerate, but it's so comfort driven. There's no inconvenience. Anything that's inconvenient is being removed and it's almost a damage to us in some levels and it's not going away so to say let's stop it, it it's just not jason how do we go from here that we can start uh creating uh a, a courage connection where we can start breeding because if you do remember our, our program is built a lot on the old testament judges and when you look at gideon he had to send home uh, all these people, and there's three groups of people that were involved. One was the fearful. They all got sent home. Then the second group was those that only thought about themselves. They got all sent home. Like, what's in it for me? Then the third group is they were abandoned to that, and it was about the bigger picture, and they changed the world. And I, I just want to throw one verse out before you answer, Jason, is Deuteronomy uh, 3.16 Joshua is being talked to by God and multiple times, I think it's three or four times, God reminds Joshua of this. He says, uh, uh, Deuteronomy 31.5 and, and 
Deuteronomy 31, 5 and 6. The Lord will deliver them over to you, and you must do to them exactly as I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. I love that. It, it, that word courage is heart. Be strong. In other words, hold what you are and be firm in it of what you've developed and all those things. And be courageous. In other words, go deeper. Let your heart take you beyond yourself for the bigger picture. Do not be afraid or terrified of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. And I think this is very critical. It's not the thing you're supposed to do that needs courage. It's not the, 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 the tangible thing. It's not get a degree. It's not move to this city. It's not uh, step into a new arena. It's not the thing that needs courage. It is do not be afraid of them or terrified of them. It's what surrounds and the people's views and the culture that is the thing that strips courage. And so it becomes very important that we know that is the thing that's after us, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. And I think that's where we're talking about that foundation point, Tommy, of that critical point that God is with you. He's your father. You're his son. And he's going to go with you. You have to go do it, but he's right there with you. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And your value comes, one as we grow, your value becomes 100% as his opinion of me is the only one that matters. That is the thing that starts breeding. But it is not easy getting to that point. It is absolutely the most rejecting, lonely, at times, like you're all on your own. That's why you say, who's with me? God, even you've abandoned me. It feels like that sometimes, but in the end, it it changes things. So, Jason, I just kind of want you to kind of maybe give your final well, summary so the, of all that. The other thing about that, even as you were reading those verses, I had like flashbacks to, because I grew up in the church, like hearing those verses preached as a kid in junior high, high school, even through college, where it was, all right, God really wants me to be courageous, and he's going to be disappointed in me if I'm not, so I better muster up some courage and you get such a different feeling from that when you realize it's not god up there saying hey you better be courageous but if he's actually a father that's next to you and says i've i've given you this courage i'm helping you walk in that courage and it's actually in you so you can rise up in it and it's okay to do that that's a very different thing because that actually is that is actually what develops courage in a person at least and speaking from personal experience, because I had plenty of years of feeling like I needed to be more courageous because that's what was expected of me with little to no result. But when the, when the idea of God, the father came in and really sunk into me, that's when everything changed. And it's just like Tommy laid out there. I don't know if he even did it on purpose, but he basically walked through like identity, strength, courage, and influence and how that's played out in his life. The identity has to change. Then you see the strength rise up and then you see yourself stepping out in courage and the influence that follows that. But, but it's interesting to me that, uh, Brian, you touched on comfort there. Comfort's not one of the pillars. And yet, since I've lived this way, I've had more comfort in my life because of that. I think for one, and this is something for another time, but we've we've misunderstood what comfort is in a biblical sense. If you guys want to, no, sure, listen, go ahead, I, just go ahead and lay I, this out. Well, I gave, I I um I got to speak at my father-in-law's church. I think it was 
December 27th, the Saturday, uh, the Sunday after Christmas. And I, I spoke about comfort and I had my sword there, which seems a bit contradictory to people, but comfort is not your father saying, I know you're in a rough situation. So let me take you out of it or let me make the situation go away. The biblical definition of comfort is the Holy spirit coming alongside you like with a sword in hand and saying, I'm here to fight with you. Let's go. You can do this. We vastly misunderstood comfort, but comfort in that light is an amazing thing. And that's what God's bringing to Joshua in these moments. It's I've instructed you to be courageous, which means I've been, I'm with you on this process as a father. So for me, that is, that's how courage has developed. And it's not just a starting point. Like that is the, the process of life. So whether you're, whether you're facing a moment where you need to be courageous and accept, you know, being the chaplain of a, a soccer team or whether you're actually in a battle, like it's the same process. It's the same developmental thing that your father's with you on. And like, I can speak from personal experience. You do get a lot better at it, but it's like a lot of things. You've got to start with something small, like, and everyone listening is at a different spot with that. So you might be at a very early stage of courage, or you might be ready to launch a business overseas or something. It doesn't matter. It's the same process. It's the same father in it. Well, I, I want to, so, so well laid out and I'm glad you did that. And for those of you listening, go look up the word Paracletus and look at it from that, which is the word for Holy spirit, which is the word comforter and go look it up and in lines yep. of uh, Greek military and what that person was. It was the person that came alongside the officer and whispered in your ear. Do you remember the battles we won? Do you remember the victories that we had? Do you remember what happened here? Do you remember what happened there? And it was something that kept you moving forward, not something that pulled you off the battlefield into a recliner chair. Um, but I'm, I'm going to just—I I, want—I just want to throw this up, and then you guys do the final wrap. I'm going to read a verse from John uh, that uh, the Apostle John wrote in Revelations chapter 21 through 28. And I—it's very important that you hear this. And some of you will go, "Oh, you're condemning me." There's no condemnation in this, but you, there has to be. It's there is always a baseline of truth that God is growing us into and and opening our minds to. So we have to have some kind of baseline of truth of His perspective of things. And thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His forgiveness. But you you, you need to see where the baseline is of what mattered to Him and what still matters to Him. He said, "The one who overcomes." will inherit all things, and I will be his God and he will be my son. But to the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and sexually immoral and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. That This is the second death. Now, before you guys get lost into all the outside <laughs> peripheral of that, this is a great verse to have a conversation over. God is not looking to find people to make this happen to, but he wants to show in our human nature, in our humanness, in our without Jesus and his identity and him being a father and the source of our life, this is your human nature, feelings, and everything will take you. But I want you to notice the first thing that he lifts, of all this lifts, the first thing, the coward. Because the, that's your heart. And if you're 
becoming a Christian in and of itself is one of the most heroic acts, if you really get to the heart of it, that you can have. And the coward will shrink. Therefore, the coward really never believes. To say I'm a believer, but you live cowardly, there could be some question there. And again, I'm not condemning, throwing judgment. I want to read that verse because this order doesn't mean one's worse than the other, but I just do think it's very interesting that John started out with the cowardly. And it's an abomination to God, but it doesn't mean he can't redeem you if you've been cowardly. I'm just saying there has to be a baseline of what truth is. So with that. Well, I think to that, that should be encouraging because it means that courage is something that is part of your DNA as a believer. And if you're not feeling it, it means it's been stripped from you, but you can get it back. So it's not abnormal for you to be courageous. That's part of your makeup. What's abnormal is whatever's brought you to this place where you're not feeling it. Those are my final thoughts. I think my final closing thought would be um, what Jason was just talking about is really important to know that um, courage is your true identity and that when you're living outside of courage, it's a false identity and you're pretty much living out a lie. Um, and that lie can come from yourself. It can come from family. It can come from many different things. But I think it all comes down to the importance of like knowing that courage is who you are and courage is who God made you to be. Um, so with that, I would just say like, know that God made you courageous so you can act courageous and you can do courageous things. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it up for this episode. We appreciate you guys listening each and every time. Um, we have a lot of new and updated content that's going to be coming this year. So make sure you keep your eye on the website. It's outboundlife.org. If you haven't been there in a while, we've got some new and exciting things coming up and you can get on the mailing list there as well. But until next time, keep the faith and stay in the fight.